A slobbering St. Bernard becomes the center of attention for a loving family, but must contend with a dog-napping veterinarian and his henchmen. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. Yeah, that's this podcast. Yeah. I always like how I say, yeah. Just in case one of these days I might say, no, we're not we're not doing this podcast today, Ryan. You did the wrong thing. I also like how we usually introduce ourselves twice because we always do this is Ryan and this is Ashley and after we do that part i thought you were gonna do it i was like really then you'll say hi guys it's ashley and i'm like it's ryan so we always do it like twice yeah yeah they don't need to know that (laughs) we leave it in i know (laughs) well because i feel like the other part the first part is a little more rehearsed Mm -hmm. and you're reading off our podcast definition yes that's not the word outline outline and then when i say hi guys it's i'm actually telling the listeners hello i can understand that and it's much more informal yes yes as is this whole podcast because it's a mess (laughs) hi guys hi again for the 30th time (laughs) this is ruining our childhood this week we are going to be doing the recent poll winner 1992 classic beethoven which beat out in the army now, mm-hmm. which Ryan had guessed people were going to be, what is happening? What the heck is that noise? Well, one of those was my stomach. Is it a baby? I don't know. So there's a loud whistling noise, guys. I don't know what it is. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and hit pause real quick. Okay, so here is the update. We have moved into a different room because there's a loud ghost baby outside <laughs> our house, apparently. <laughs> And I don't know if the sound will stop, so hopefully we are now recording in our cooler bedroom, yeah. which is kind of nice. It took 70 episodes, and we finally switched rooms. Yeah. All right. So, guys, anyway, I was talking about Beethoven being the winner, 1992 classic, mm-hmm. and you thought that people were going to be dicks and vote for the Polly Shore movie because they hate us. More or less, yes. So, just for the people listening at home, Ryan hates you, thinks you hate him, wants you to sit on a cactus if you don't like Back to the Future, mm-hmm. and if you don't like dogs, that's not a thing he said in this version of this podcast. <laughs> I haven't gotten to that yet. Also, guys, this is the second time we're recording this intro because, mm-hmm. again, ghost baby, my stomach's growling, things yeah. are happening in our house. It's a day. It's a day. So mm-hmm. let's get through this so mm-hmm. we can hit the pausey pause and watch this movie. And hopefully when we record the second part, we don't have as much stuff going on. Maybe the ghost baby will have moved on to the neighbor's <laughs> house. Hopefully so. Yes. Um, go ahead and hit us with some 1992 facts yes. by going down memory road, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, this movie was released on April 3rd of 1992. It had a budget of $18 million dollars. 
It grossed $147.2 million, and it did spawn four sequels. Popular movies from 1992 were Home Alone 2. Some would say the better sequel. Batman Returns. Also better than the original. Yeah. Lethal Weapon 3. I don't know if... I've only seen Lethal Weapon 3 maybe once in my life. Oh, okay. It didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work. It stopped there. Some popular TV shows were Cheers, Full House, and Rescue 911. Nice. And the number one song the week the movie came out was Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Of course it was. Yeah. It's a delightful song. And some other popular songs were To Be With You by Mr. Big and Jump by Crisscross. 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 Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. It's fun. Crisscross. Chris cross crisscross crisscross anyway crisco no okay okay so 1992 mm-hmm. you were a tiny little baby sweet baby seven-year-old rai rai what did you think about this movie i do remember seeing it in theaters i i liked the doggy because i like doggies <laughs> i did not like the dad i think i remember the dad more so than the actual villains and i've never liked the actor that played the dad because of this. I, Charles Grodin, not a fan of yours. Because you were a mean dad. He, he was. He didn't want the doggy. I think it is a big plot point of this movie, if I can remember correctly, is that he doesn't want a dog, but his family wants a dog. I don't know what leads up to them getting Beethoven. Mm-hmm. I know they save him from the pound, I think. Or does he, like, ha- happen upon their door? I feel like that's a thing. I don't know. I think you're onto something with the happen upon your door. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Dogs are a lot of work. Yes. And I feel like the dad from this movie does not want to deal with it. Which, but again, I, I don't know the last time I saw this movie. I know I saw the sequel, mm-hmm. uh, Beethoven's Second, quite a few times. And I would imagine Same. we rented this. We didn't own it or anything. I do remember we actually owned both Beethoven and Beethoven's Second. Okay. On VHS because mm-hmm. I do remember watching them so much that the it was just one of the you know like the slide off cases mm-hmm. the cardboard ones that the, it was falling apart. That on was the my second one. That was my Home Alone case. Mm. Yeah, it's falling apart. Watched yeah. it so many times for sure. Yeah, I can only imagine. I just had an issue. I was a dog lover yeah. and always have been. So I was like, why does this guy not like dogs? Yeah. Why does he want to get rid of it so bad? Like, and then I'd be like. My dad said we're getting rid of our dog. I'd be like, screw you, dad. As a seven-year-old would do. But I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? My brothers, I was diagnosed with allergies to dogs at like six. Mm -hmm. My brothers voted to get rid of me and keep the dog. (laughs) That is true. That's a fact. Yeah. That tells you the type of dog people we are. They're like, little brother, nah, keep the dog. Super sweet and adorable. I mean, children versus dogs we're obviously dog people mm-hmm. i like children as do i they're just a little bit more work than dogs a smidge just a smidge smidge like you can't leave them at home i mean you can but cps is gonna get called it's frowned upon yeah if you leave them at home under a certain age whereas the dogs you just put them in a crate you know i like how you said it's frowned upon. Like, no, you're a terrible person. Your child will be taken from you. I know. I'm just, it's just me making fun I know. of people with children. Yeah. 
just add that to a list for reasons why not to listen to our podcast because we insult you because you have children but if you know us we love dogs our dog is our producer that's true and he's a dick he's a dick he's a face biter he is a face biter multiple victims (laughs) of his face biting yes the most recent one was from a month and a half ago Mm -hmm. and he bit his groomer in the face but luckily it was just his groomer however i had a heart to heart with him and i was like explain to me what happened he goes she badmouthed the podcast and he goes i'm passionate about my work and i went okay but you can't bite her and he goes i politely told her that is rude and disrespectful to insult my work and she was like your podcast is stupid and he said again please apologize she wouldn't she shoved him he bit her face (laughs) i don't know if that's how it went down but that's what he told me i don't trust rupert (laughs) He's a shady son of a bitch. He is. We had animal control yeah. come to our house mm-hmm. and tell him, you're in quarantine, mister. So that was fun. Yeah. I was like, hey, Ashley, the cops are coming up to our front door. <laughs> that's not something that happens in that, this house. That's a sentence that I've never said before. But <sighs> I wanted to talk to Rupert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now he's okay. He doesn't have rabies. He's okay. Safe to say. And hopefully he'll stop biting random people on the face. Fingers crossed. He has a lot of anxiety. He has you a know? ton. He loves people he likes. <laughs> he if loves he, people he likes. If he likes you, you're gold to him. But you have to get to know him. Yes. And if you don't get to know him, he's like, screw you, get away from me. That's he still true. marks at our friends that come over that he's known for like six or seven years. Yes. Yeah. So it's just like, Arr. If they move too quickly, he's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wha- what are you doing? Like, where are you house? going? You're going to the bathroom? <laughs> Announce yourself, you monster. (laughs) Anyway, that was Rupert Talk with Ryan and Ashley. Yes. We don't talk enough about Rupert and Quinn. We really don't. We really don't talk about Quinn. No. On this podcast. Mm -mm. She doesn't want it. She she likes her privacy. Yeah, she does. And we respect that. We do. Um, Anyway, so we talked about our memories. Mm -hmm. We talked about Rupert and how much we love dogs. Yes. So... Do you think this movie, Beethoven, just in case you guys forgot, will hold up? I'm gonna say yes. It's hard to say because I haven't seen it in so long, but I think we didn't mention this, but John Hughes wrote this. Under his fake name, like when he's ashamed yes. about something, he, <laughs> he, he would use a, a fake pen name. Yeah. I, I guess I can just say pen name. That's Rather than implied. Kind of his fake name. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, it's a person that I liked his work a lot mm-hmm. and I really enjoy his movies. So I think it's going to have good writing where some of these movies that we've done from really young childhood have not had good writing. That's very true. I think that's going to help. I think it had a good cast, if I remember correctly. So I think those are going to help and I think it's going to be enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's something classic about a story that centers around a dog Mm -hmm. and the problems they'll probably face are kind of universal to being a pet owner Mm -hmm. and having issues with a dog that maybe isn't as tame as you'd want him to be and he's a very big dog which is kind of comical too that Mm -hmm. adds an element so i i also do think it will hold up because of that i i do expect there to be some dated references or maybe some offensive things because over the history of us doing this podcast, I've realized how many family movies from the 90s and 80s 
have some very questionable lines. Yes. And references that I'm just like, oh, why would you say that in a kid's movie? But, you know. Go listen to our three ninjas episode and what an FBI agent is named. Yeah. Or if I remember Problem Child had a lot of stuff that Mm -hmm. it's almost shocking that a family movie would have that. It might have even gotten like a G rating. Yeah. You know, like. Who knows? This is a cute movie that everybody can go see. Problem Child did have the bow tie killer. Yeah, that probably got a PG rating. Yeah. Yeah. So he befriended a serial killer. (laughs) Questionable plot points. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was great. Yeah. It's good. Where can you stream this movie? You can stream it on the Stars app if you have a subscription. Okay. Unfortunately for us, we did just cancel ours and it expired four days ago. So yeah. we're going to have to rent this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also watch it on the DirecTV, uh, I assume, on demand. Okay. Does DirecTV just have everything or is just watch going... You probably can find this on TV, so just put Drug TV up there. I don't if know. There's one thing we know about Just Watch. They did claim one of the movies was on the WWE Network. Yeah. It was a little bizarre. Yeah. And you can rent it on pretty much all the streaming apps mm-hmm. that you can rent movies on, so it's easy to find. Yeah. But we're going to go ahead and hit the... Pausey pause. Go watch Beethoven and come back and talk about it like we always do. Okay. Okay, we just finished watching Beethoven. We're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And there was actually some doozies. There was some surprising ones. I totally forgot. Mm -hmm. Or haven't seen this movie in such a long time that i didn't even realize they were people that were famous yeah who's the first one you noticed the very first person that they really show on screen even Mm -hmm. is stanley tucci namesake was was it the first yeah because they show the lab sorry Mm -hmm. they show the lab of puppies and yes stanley tucci plays vernon and he is an award or (laughs) We have an award named after him. In our bonus-odes. Yes. Our movie bonus-odes. And he, obviously, Stanley Tucci's been in a lot of things, but some of the movies that uh, I recognize him from is Spotlight, The Lovely Bones, Easy A, mm-hmm. Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. a very talented actor. The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was in Captain America, The First Avenger as well. That's true. Yeah, he's been on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that I like him most in is The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. He's amazing. And as Emma Stone's dad in Easy A. It's a very small part, but he does a very great job at it. Him and uh, Patricia Clarkson. Yeah. I'm like, those are some good parents. (laughs) They are. Uh, Who was your first one? My first one was Oliver Platt. He plays Harvey. And I remember Oliver Platt. I think the first thing I remember him in was Three to Tango. Oh, yeah. With okay. uh, Matthew Perry and Nev Campbell. Sure. It uh, looks like more recently he's been on the Chicago verse. He's in the Chicago Med. Yeah. Mostly. Chicago he's, Med. PD. He plays a doctor, I think. Yeah. He was on the West Wing back in the day mm-hmm. and Dr. Doolittle. When I was a kid, my brother really liked the Three Musketeers movie with, uh, I think Kiefer Sutherland was in it. And okay. Is Charlie Sheen in that? Or am I just making that up? 
I don't know that I ever saw that one. Oh, uh, he's in that. And then he's been in Fargo, too. Like the TV show Fargo. Oh, so. okay. Who was your next one? Mine was, it was a very small part, but I thought the lady looked familiar as an actress named Olan Jones. She plays the biker woman who Beethoven pees on in the beginning of the movie. He's a puppy. He's in the pet store. Mm-hmm. She wants to buy him. But then she talks about how she wants a vicious dog and how she can make him vicious and he pees on her. She plays Garrett's mom on Community, the last season when he gets married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So I thought you'd be excited about that one. And uh, she's been in a bunch of movies uh, like The Truman Show. She was had okay. a small part. So, But mostly recognized her from our Com- favorite TV show. Yes, Community. Uh, my next one was Dean Jones. He plays the villain, Dr. Varnack. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. <laughs> I cannot place him. He is from Herbie the Love Bug. Okay. He's in, I looked at, looking at his IMVD, he's in all of those movies from like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. There has to be something else because he does look very familiar to me, but I also think he looks like Big Mike from Reno 911. But a fun fact about Dean Jones is they made a Beethoven TV show, and he voices the father. The animated series? On the, yeah, on the animated series. So it's kind of interesting that they would have the villain voice the dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very rough voice, you yeah. know? Yes, definitely. Uh, my next one is Bonnie Hunt. Mm-hmm. She plays Alice Newton, the mom in the family. And she has been in a lot of things, but some of my favorite movies, Jumanji, mm-hmm. Now and Then, mm-hmm. most recently been doing a lot of voices for Disney movies and shows. Obviously does voices in Toy Story, Cars series. Monsters Universe. Yeah. Yeah. When we looked her up, I was like, her last six acting credits were Disney movies. And she has a good voice. You she know? really does. I always liked her in jumanji and i remember her her sitcom life with bonnie oh yeah yeah like the early 2000s yeah i vaguely remember that and didn't she have a talk show yeah she did hmm. my next one was charles groden yes we kind of discussed him earlier yeah he plays george newton the dad he's probably most famous for being in rosemary's baby but for me he's most famous for being in this yeah and he was also in that movie clifford do you remember that movie with martin short Oh, okay, I was like Clifford the Big Red Dog <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, I vaguely remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I was looking at his most recent stuff, and one of the movies he was in that we've seen is While We're Young with Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts. Okay, and um, Amanda Siegfried and Adam Driver. Ooh, yeah. Climb that stallion. Isn't that what always uh, John Oliver always says? Yes. Like a. Um, my next one is Nicole Tom. She plays Rice. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's her name. Rice. Rice. And she is from The Nanny. She was the oldest daughter mm-hmm. in The Nanny. And then she had a small part in Princess Diaries. I think mm-hmm. she played like a reporter or something. And uh, she, most recently she was in a couple episodes of Masters of Sex. And what else? She uh, was on Gotham. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is Christopher Castile. Yes. He plays Ted, who is uh, George and Alice's son. He was Mark Foster on Step by Step, so one of the main kids. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he did a voice, the voice of Eugene on Hey Arnold. Nice. And you pointed out we should be looking forward to him on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. I didn't see what episode or season, mm-hmm. but I did see it was on his like top four credits on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. Because kind of ruined it for myself. Yeah, it would be fun when he popped up. Be yeah. Like, oh, shit. Let's get down this. My next one is Sarah Rose Carr. She plays Emily, the youngest child of the Newton family. Mm-hmm. And she is not in a lot of things. She's in this movie, Beethoven the Second, and or Beethoven Second, mm-hmm. and Kindergarten Cop, which yes. you pointed out. Mm-hmm. And I think that was pretty much it. I think she might have had a small part in like Father the Bride. Yes, uh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember her from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly just remember her from these, the mm-hmm. Beethoven films, but yeah. My next one was Patricia Heaton. Yeah. She plays Brie Wilson. Patricia Heaton, we know from Everybody Loves Raymond, In the Middle. And when I looked her up, I was surprised to see, I always knew that Patricia Heaton was from Cleveland. Yeah. And her dad wrote for the newspaper in Cleveland. He was like a sports writer for like 50 years. Nice. So I was like, I oh, didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I guess I'll name her partner David Duchovny. Yes. A favorite on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Plays Brad. And obviously David Duchovny's in a lot of things, but uh, most notably X-Files, uh, Californication. Also on an episode we did with 88 Miles Per Hour podcast over on their podcast feed. Mm-hmm. For evolution. I was going to say, you didn't say the movie name. (laughs) (laughs) And he plays, yeah, Brad. And I decided, I'll just say it here because I don't know when else I'll fit it in, but I feel like Brie and Brad would totally be best friends with Todd and Margot from Christmas Vacation. They're those like yuppie douchebags. And ironically written both by John Hughes. That's true. He has an issue with yuppie douchebags. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God, Duchovny. Yeah. Oh, boy. Who was your next one? My next one was Patrick Lebrecht. Yeah. He was bully number one. Mm-hmm. And we know him from last week's episode. He played George in Rookie of the Year. That's true. Yeah. And like you said, last week's episode, he was in Heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in quite a few movies from our childhood. Yeah. And he's obviously, this came out before, though, so he's pretty young looking. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is Richard Part now, mm-hmm. or Port now. He plays, he's not credited, but I decided to call him Horrible Man That Wants to Test Bullets on Poor Innocent Puppies. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't actually have a name. Uh, but he was in Sister Act. He was one of the uh, Mary's boyfriend's henchmen. Who's Willie. Bo- that's what his name was. Mm-hmm. Who's supposed to kill her. And he's also most recently been, been on The Good Wife. He's one of the judges that frequents the episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because when he popped up on screen, I'm like, that guy looks so familiar. Why does he look familiar? And you go, he's in Sister Act. And I knew right away who he played. Which I I think is funny because I feel like Stanley Tucci's character is playing like a version of his character in Sister Act. Yeah. He's a henchman in this, basically. Uh, Did you have anybody else? No, that was it for me. Okay. I am done as well. Well, then let's move on to our next category. The next category is called, kids would call it a throwback, we call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about the fashion, dated references, and that's it. To be honest with you, you didn't have a lot for this category. 
I had some passion. Okay. I did not have a lot of dated reference, though. I'm sure you picked up on these. I don't know why, but Stanley Tucci is running around in cowboy printed cowboy boots, but they might be rain boots. Cowboy printed cowboy boots. It's like a cowboy skin on them. Like, didn't <laughs> a, you? A cowboy skin? <laughs> a cow skin. Uh, like hide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He killed the Marlboro man and put him on his boots. <laughs> oh. I was like, do you realize what you're saying? Cow printed cowboy <laughs> boots. That I'm not sure they might have been rain boots. They might have been, but I definitely yeah. thought they looked like cowboy boots. And there's no justification for them. No. He's just eccentric, <laughs> I guess. I guess. <clears throat> Uh, That's literally all I had because I think the fashion, having done movies in this exact time frame in the last couple weeks, like the fashion doesn't, I don't know, I don't want to be repetitive in talking about, they were wearing baggy shirts. Yeah. You know, so they were wearing 90s clothes. No. The only other thing that I did have was the short shorts the basketball players were wearing. Yes. And the fact that these are like 14 year olds and yeah, they're wearing short shorts, but they're also not wearing shirts Mm -hmm. so they're very naked (laughs) yeah yeah because the shorts you're like "Mm." yeah Yeah. but i think like all of the fashion the dad george is wearing a lot of like sweater vests and like cable knit sweaters Mm -hmm. it doesn't look bad it looks very preppy yeah but it doesn't look like completely dated to where you're going like oh my god why is he wearing that but the kids wear cute early 90s clothes that yeah. we all wore in that time period and again it's back in style so mm-hmm. you know at one point rice is wearing overalls and again i want a pair of freaking overalls <laughs> yeah what about dated references i did not have a lot it's not even really a reference i just thought it was it dated their house a little bit was they had pink carpeting yeah not it was a very bold pink to it's me it's a poor choice yes and- there was another movie. I think it was Drop Dead Fred where her mom had like pink carpeting. So apparently that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe it was a thing. No. <laughs> the only reference I really noted was when towards the beginning of the movie when they're trying to name Beethoven. They've decided to take in this dog that just happened upon them. And they are discussing names. And Rice wants to name Beethoven MC Hammer. Yes. Which is a pretty dated reference and something she'd probably be slightly embarrassed about when she is our age. Yeah. Yes, yes I had a dog named MC Hammer. Yeah, that's A not... close second would be Vanilla Ice. <laughs> there, Yeah, there's some bad ones. Or crisscross. <laughs> crisscross. Crisscross. Anyway, did you have anything else? I did not. Oh. There wasn't like offensive jokes or anything, but I do... We'll talk about it when we get to the plot, but I did add a new subcategory. Okay. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Go ahead and play some Nintendo and talk about some technology. Yeah. Again, I didn't have a lot of technology in this. This movie is very focused Mm -hmm. on Beethoven. And go figure. He does watch TV. I will give him that. He watched Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he is also a dog, so he's not like, I gotta get my cell phone. Also, this is 1992. Yeah. But 
towards the end of the movie when George discovers, well, the whole family discovers that Dr. Vartnik, the veterinarian that they're supposed to be able to trust, is actually trying to steal their dog so he can shoot him in the head. Yeah. To test a bullet. That's a real plot point in this family movie. They use payphones to try to call the police. Yeah. And the police are like, I don't know what to tell you. Real real effective. They don't care. (laughs) What did you have? I had one. There was just a brief thing where it's when Beethoven is downstairs watching TV and George and Alice can hear the TV playing. Mm-hmm. So George goes downstairs to check it out. And they cut to Alice and she's adjusting the thermostat yeah. in their house. And it was one of the really old thermostats where it had like a dial on it. Oh, yeah. And I'm just thinking, I, the majority of people now have these digital thermostats. That's true. Yeah. Like a Nest thermostat. That's very true. Yeah. You have to used to have to use a dial back in my day back in my day <laughs> i remember in school they had a little plastic box over it yeah so our teacher would adjust it with a paper clip like, uh. like on a little crack she'd move it over a few degrees that's funny because those boxes were made so they wouldn't adjust yeah exactly i did want to talk about the soundtrack or the musical score because the minute this movie started mm-hmm. it hit and it was like i was flooded with all the memories of this movie, because it has a very distinct musical score. Yes. I felt like I was six again. Mm-hmm. It was weird. That, I think more than anything, triggered something for me. Yeah. Rather than any of the scenes, really, it was that soundtrack. Yeah. Speaking of the soundtrack, there's a scene where Alice is going to go back to work. So they hire a babysitter, which was a little strange. But the babysitter is playing an organ and she's playing Lady Marmalade and making two of the kids sing along with her. Yeah. And I was like, that's a very interesting choice to be playing right now. It is weird. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. That's all I had. That's all I had as well. So we'll move on. Mm-hmm. To the next category, Is It Even Good?, where we talk about the plots, the plot holes, and my brand new category that I added for this movie, stuff I probably blacked out because it's fucking traumatizing. I like the category. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And we also talk about our funniest, cringiest moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the plot? I go with the plot is that, like, the main plot is that George is struggling and doesn't want this dog. Right. But his family wants it, which I think is a very believable thing that there's plenty of dads out there in this world that kids want a dog. And he's like, I know I'm going to end up having to take care of it. I don't want this dog. Yeah, I definitely understood that more rewatching it today as an Mm -hmm. adult. I I get that a lot of the responsibility he knows is going to fall on him. And he doesn't even want a dog in the first place. And you can't force a pet on somebody that doesn't want it. But I will say, I didn't feel like... The responsibility fell on him. That much? That much. Mm -hmm. He wasn't sitting there going, kids, you need to go pick up the dog poop. Kids, you need to feed the dog. They never had a scene like that in the movie, which I thought was odd. Yeah. Because that's one of his issues. He doesn't want the dog because he doesn't want to have to take care of it. But at no point did they kind of go with that as part of a story. That's true. Yeah. I mean, during the montage where they, where he had said, yes, they can keep the dog. And then there's just this, uh, you know, short montage of uh, Beethoven getting bigger and him 
getting more frustrated with the dog because there are times where he's like walking Beethoven and stuff happens or, you know, obviously at the end of the montage, Beethoven is broken into the house, is all muddy, is in their bedroom and just shakes. Mud everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, they don't ever show like him going like, hey, can you walk the dog? And they're like, no, like in between those scenes, they show the kids like enjoying Beethoven, like playing with him and bringing, yeah, bringing the dog food. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like if they wanted to instill that, like, you know, kids, they want something, but they don't want to like have the responsibility. They should have showed something like that. Yeah. I know earlier we, uh, before we watched the movie, we couldn't remember how like Beethoven ended in the family and it was kind of really cute because he is about to get kidnapped well i mean he gets kidnapped by vernon and harvey which are dr varton's vart varnick's henchmen Mm -hmm. and him and this other dog which i don't know if he has a name i think they call him something at one point but i do not remember it it was a cute jack russell terrier Yeah. yeah they both break out of out of the truck and they jump off the truck and they're they're free Mm -hmm. and then little beethoven because he's so fucking cute falls asleep in a trash can wakes up and then finds the newton's house just walks in like he owns the place and wakes up the youngest and that's pretty much how they find him all of the kids are immediately they run downstairs and tell george thank you you're the best dad i'm sorry for anything bad i've ever said about you and he has no clue what's going on because he doesn't realize the dog snuck in the house i'm guessing there had to have been a discussion at one point uh prior to beethoven where he said he never wanted a dog Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to have dogs yeah so they thought like oh surprised us with this dog yeah so i did want to get to my little new category because there's a lot of plot points that I forgot were in this movie that are fucking dark. When Dr. Varnick goes to their house to do a follow-up on Beethoven. Yeah, which is shady. Yeah, that right there, I was like, that's a plot hole. What what veterinarian goes to your house to do a follow-up on your dog because he gave him a vaccine? Unless it's like a... I know there's mobile vets Yeah, and stuff. I mean, if it's a, a appointment you made. Yeah. And I could understand a doctor or a veterinarian calling to check on your animal to see how he's doing if the dog was sick. But showing up at your house? The best part is, I don't think they live in a very small town. And he, the one of the plot points that I forgot existed was the one guy comes in and he's running this side business, basically. He's a vet, but he is running a side business where he tests animals for various things. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in and asks, like, I want to test these exploding bullets. Yes. And we need to have a dog that has a bigger skull. So as a kid, I don't think I understood the fact that they were looking for an animal that had a big skull so they could test these exploding bullets yes. on the dog. I did not remember that because that would have, like you said, that would traumatize the fuck out of you. Yeah. When we first started rewatching the movie, I was like, oh, they know somehow he's the puppy that escaped and they're trying to like get him back. But then I realized, well, he's way bigger and mm-hmm. they weren't really paying attention to his breed or anything because it was very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that he was doing that and then he became obsessed with him because they brought him in for a checkup mm-hmm. and... But I'm like, there's no other dogs in this town that would suffice. You need to have Beethoven. Because, I mean, he makes up stories about St. Bernard's being a real 
bad breed, and he's had to put down multiple St. Bernards in the last six months. He's going to turn on your kids, and George is already looking for a reason to get rid of Beethoven, even though his family loves Beethoven. Yeah, exactly. He's such a good boy. I was going to say, he's the best boy. Yeah. But specifically, when Dr. Barnick goes to the house... And he's trying to stage a attack or stage an yeah. attack. And he puts fake blood on his arms. But to get Beethoven to jump on him, he starts hitting Beethoven. They don't show it, but they do show Emily, the youngest daughter, witnessing it. They show it from behind. And yeah. you see his arm go up and come down. And I'm going... I was seven when I watched that. Yeah, Holy that, crap. Again, something that was traumatizing. Yeah. And then the other scene that I thought was super traumatizing was when they were at that babysitter's house you mentioned earlier. She was sitting there singing Lady Marmalade. While that's happening, mm-hmm. Emily is poorly bouncing a ball. Very bad bouncer. <laughs> but it falls into the pool and she goes to reach for it and starts to drown. And then Beethoven, because he's literally the best boy, mm-hmm. has a freaking spidey sense of it, runs over to the house, saves her. But I'm like, just that whole scene's traumatizing. Yeah. For anybody that's had like something like that happen to their kid or themselves. As I say, and again, watching it at a young age, you might have had a little bit of a fear of pools uh yes me as i say exactly and you just watched a little girl fall into a pool and she was in there for a good 30 seconds to a minute it was not a short scene no it's scary yeah uh and then the the last one was just uh actually we kind of talked about him how aggressive the vet was about uh dr vartnik about uh, obtaining beethoven yeah so that he could test these bullets on him. So dark. Very dark. Uh, did you have any other plot holes you wanted to discuss? I know we kind of touched on a couple, but... I don't know that it's so much a plot hole, but George doesn't want this dog and all of the bad... Not all of it, but a lot of the bad behavior that Beethoven's doing, some of it could have been easily prevented. Right. Beethoven goes pee in his briefcase... In George's briefcase... <laughs> yes. Why is your briefcase on the ground? And open. open. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Beethoven got into the house and he goes upstairs and shakes mud everywhere, close your bedroom door. Exactly. Like, yeah, he might have did it somewhere else, but there was different things where you're like, this is on you. Yeah. This is your mistake. There's definitely things like having been dog owners for so long that you're like, you want to blame them, but then you're like, well, it's kind of my bad. Because, like, they don't understand certain things. Beethoven's very smart. He, in the beginning of the movie, they kind of show his day-to-day. He sneaks out of his kennel. He walks around town. He shares the snack with his street buddy that we don't have a name for, that he, you know, escaped with. He heads over to this high school to be a wingman for rice. I thought that scene was so cute when he went around town. It made me think of Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. When Tramp goes and goes around and the business owners go out there and give him a treat and they're yeah. all happy to see him i thought that was so cute and i didn't remember that scene me either yeah. and but like you said he's a, such a good boy he's a wingman for pete's sake yeah she he has lunch with rice who apparently doesn't have any friends no you know the budget of the movie didn't allow her to have no. any high school friends helped her out mm-hmm. did a solid for yeah but yeah i didn't really have any other plot holes other than when 
uh, Ted is riding home on the bus. Everybody is just standing around, walking around. The bullies are just doing whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Pretty sure the bus driver would be like, sit the fuck down. Yeah. I know my bus driver would. She wasn't that aggressive, but... She's not going to put up with kids walking around while she's driving. She'll pull over and be like, you need to sit down or I'm going to kick you off the bus. Yeah. They're just free to harass their fellow classmate. Yeah. That was pretty much all I had as far as plot holes. Plotty holes? Yeah. Plotty holes. Are you ready to move on to our next category? No, we need to talk our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. That's what I meant. Our next subcategory. I do apologize. Uh, What was your funniest line? I did like when they're gonna name Beethoven and the way they did it was everybody got to write down a name and they put it in a hat and then Alice is gonna pull the name out and she pulled out a name you could tell it was a name she didn't want to say she looked at George and was like shows it to him and goes Emily did you write your name down with crayon and she's like yeah and she's like we're not gonna name him this we don't name him after body parts and she was like why that's what we call Uncle Richard she (laughs) wanted to name the dog Dick yeah like, and but before she said that's what we name him, uh, that's what we call Uncle Richard. She said he has one. I looked. Yeah, yeah, she did <laughs> say that. <sighs> that one got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like uh, one of the first lines was Oliver Platt's Harvey. They break into this pet store that Beethoven's in, steals all of the puppies, mm-hmm. and they're driving away. And he's just like. I do believe that's my very first felony. I've done a lot of misdemeanors, but that was my first felony. (laughs) But he's so proud about it. It's just funny the way he said it. I was going to say, his delivery on it was top notch. Yeah. Uh, What was your cringiest liner moment? My cringiest moment was, we talked about a little earlier when Beethoven was watching TV and George goes downstairs. While he's downstairs, Beethoven has now gone upstairs and got into bed. And George doesn't realize it. Somehow tucks himself in. Yeah, tucked himself in, looks super cute and adorable. And George gets into bed. At that point, he can smell Beethoven because he made a comedy about it. like, oh, my clothes smell like Beethoven. Mm -hmm. He's talking and Beethoven starts licking his neck. And he's like, oh, is daddy's little girl being naughty? Yeah. Uh, He he also says, oh, baby, it's not even Saturday night. Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking, you think your wife's advancements to you are like a dog's lick? I don't know what those Newtons are into, Uh, but apparently the way George likes likes it is his wife licking his face. Yes. Aggressively and very slobberly. Very slobberly. Uh, Uh, That was mine too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get past that one. That one's pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. A part that made me laugh that wasn't supposed to probably make us laugh mm-hmm. was the kids over here, George and Alice, talk about possibly getting rid of Beethoven. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're going to make dad breakfast. We're going to clean the house. We're going to take care of all the dog chores. Mm-hmm. And they cut to a scene of, I think it was rice making eggs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the eggs looked both burnt and runny at the same time yes it was very disturbing it made me laugh so hard and then when he sits down they're like we made your favorite breakfast scrambled eggs and i was just like and they don't look appetizing they look totally different though yeah no the ones they served charles groden looked a lot better than whatever they were cooking they looked disgusting yes 
Uh, did you have any other things you want to talk about? I do. Do you? Yes, I do. Mm. I did feel like there was a lot of scenes where, like, specifically when the uh, Vernon and Harvey? Harvey are like kind of almost roughing up animals. At one scene, I think it's Vernon picks up a the Jack Russell Terrier by its scruff of his neck. Yeah. And you can tell the dog does not like it. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, PETA would not like this movie. I, I do think there's a lot of movies from when we were young that I felt like they could get away with more things mm-hmm. that are iffy. Yeah. Like, I think we kind of talked about it in Homeward Bound. There were there was just things that... <laughs> I mean, I think it was like controlled. Yeah. But when they like threw Sally in, they didn't throw Sally, but Sally was like in the river. Mm-hmm. There, there was definitely parts where there was a fake cat, but there was also parts where there was a real cat. And isn't the cat's name Sassy? Sassy. I said Sally because it's yeah, <laughs> it's voiced by Sally Fields. Yes. But yeah, no. In that movie, remember the animal jumping off of a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because we're like. <laughs> that just happened okay uh, that looks real uh, uh good times i did w- look up the age difference between bonnie hunt and charles groden it's got to be high it's it's bad she was 31 uh-huh. at the time of this film of the release and he was 57 uh, yeah it's very noticeable in this movie i never realized how old he was and because I kind of lost track of Charles Grodin. I, and he wasn't in a lot of movies that I was watching in my teens. Yeah. But when he popped up on SVU, he had gray hair. And I was like, oh, how old is Charles Grodin? And I looked him up. I think he's now 85 years old. He was born in the 30s. Yeah. I think of him in this movie, and I don't think he looks 57. No, he but probably he, dyes definitely, his hair. he definitely looks a lot order, older than Bonnie Hunt. Oh, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And it's something, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week, whereas when you're a kid, older people just look older. And mm-hmm. I never noticed that Bonnie Hunt actually looks very young in this movie. Yes. And he looks like an older man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, those people are married. And obviously, there's plenty of people in this world that have that age difference that are married but mm-hmm. it's just it just seems like in movies it's you know really old men with wives that are way too young for them i'm kind of thinking now when you said that i remember bonnie hunt being in cheaper by the dozen yeah which would have been about 13 years later so bonnie hunts what 45 years old right i don't know that she's old enough to have some of the children that she has in that movie That's specifically true. piper paraboo is her daughter She's like mid-20s or early 20s, maybe? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that it matches up. I thought you were going to say, like, she wasn't the same age as Steve Martin. And I'm like, Steve Martin's one of those ones that I think is older. When I was a kid, I thought was older because his hair was gray. Yes. He but he gray, wasn't young. that old. No. <laughs> That's pretty much all I had. I did want to talk about when George throws one of the worst movie punches I've ever seen <laughs> on Harvey. Yeah. Like... It was bad. Yeah, it was not a good one. It it wasn't. Once they've kind of taken over, uh, George and Alice and the kids have restrained Dr. Varnick and Harvey and Vernon have taken off. They just start releasing all of the dogs that are in cages. Not responsible, guys. Oh, and you even said, like, what are you doing? Why are you releasing them? And they take off running at the end of the movie. 
they apparently have caught all of them and now they own them all. But Which, when it happened, we we both said, why are you doing this? I'm guessing they just fostered them too at the end of the movie because by the second one... They don't have them. They, they only have Beethoven. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99% sure. Yeah. I don't remember them having 30 dogs. No, you would remember that. Yeah. That's pretty much all I had. Same. About this movie. Are you ready to hand out some awards? I am. As always on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage online school of bad acting. Whom did you give your award to? I had to go with Charles Grodin really? as George Newton. And this is why. Okay. His character is an asshole. Yes. But he does a fine acting job at mm-hmm. that. There was just certain scenes, specifically the scene where Beethoven is on the bed and he's shaking mm-hmm. mud and whatever all over George. He does this weird like fake wince and scream and he puts his hands up and it's so fake that it just bothered me and Mm -hmm. he does it later in the movie when he has brie and brad over to sign papers Mm -hmm. they're kind of villains too because they're trying to steal his business but he, he thinks they're just trying to invest in the business yeah and beethoven wraps his leash around their chairs and drags them and you know stuff happens he does the same thing. Like, he screams, puts up his hands, kind of like you would think like a starlet would do in a B sci-fi movie. And from the, the monster's f- going to get her? Yeah, like from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And okay. it just bothered me so much. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad character. And I think I understood his character a little bit more. Especially, yes. or towards the end of the movie when he's taking Beethoven to basically... Uh, get euthanized Mm -hmm. he kind of mentions that he had a dog when he was a kid and his dad had him put down and that was like traumatizing to him so i'm like that's why you don't want to be a dog person because you've been hurt before and he does say he never forgave his dad for it yeah but then i'm like at the same time you're doing the same thing to your kids yeah agreed obviously he changes his mind he figures out dr vartnik is lying and all this stuff but yeah, it was just the screaming, and I thought everybody else did a decent job. I know you, sounds like you have a different pick, so I'm interested to see who you have. Mine, I hate to pick on him, Sleepy David Duchovny. <laughs> he, as Brad, which I decided I don't like that name. Well, when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, we go Brad. Brad. Um, I don't know, Margo. Sorry. Just vacation. <laughs> I don't know how he's famous other than like we talked about him on the evolution episode. He's a good looking guy. He has no voice inflection when he's talking. He's very monotone. Mm -hmm. He just in this movie you kind of talked about when they're at the house to sign the papers and he just throws the rubber ball, which causes Beethoven, who is now unbeknownst to all of them, wrapped his leash around the table. Right. His extra long leash, by the way. Yeah. But Brad throws the ball and he's just like, I used to pitch. Like, Yeah. You don't need to pitch to be able to toss a rubber ball for a dog. He was a douchebag. Uh, all the times that they were like both rude to Alice, Bonnie Hunt's character, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, she's 
the person whose business you're trying to essentially steal, like, it's his wife. Yeah. Though I don't feel like he gives her enough credit to do anything. He had another line where he, Dick Covney's like, George has read all the papers and he's about to sign. (laughs) I know part of it is, like, the writing, but it is also your acting or lack of ability to act. I, I took him more as, like, this role fit him better because I can see him more as a sleazy, yuppie douchebag than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't disagree with you. I liked your comparison to Todd and Margo. Yeah. I thought that was very good. Good times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I gave mine to Charles Grodin. Aww. Yeah. I I do understand where you're coming from with his overacting. I think part of it was I really didn't like his character when I saw it as a kid. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, and it caused me to not like Charles Grodin in anything I ever saw him in. So when I watched it, I was like, well, this guy has a lot of growth. He's not that bad of a guy. He's... I think he's putting too much pressure on himself. I thought he was a decent dad to his kids. And when I understood why he didn't want a dog and it had nothing to do with he doesn't like dogs, it's he had his heart broken when his parents had to put down his dog. Yeah. I also feel like he's a little bit of a type A kind of OCD. Like he doesn't want dirtiness or messiness in his house. Exactly. I was so happy when he figures out that Dr. Vardnik lied about getting attacked when Mm -hmm. he like sees that there's no bite mark on his arm and the guy's like if you hit me i'm gonna sue you dr varnick says that to george and george doesn't care and just decks the guy yeah and i was like good on you it was very weird for me to watch this and go wow i kind of like him now because everything that i remembered about this movie was hating that guy maybe i should have been a charles groden fan and i just discounted his acting for the last 30 years because of this well his movies are still out there yeah and the, i realized looking at his imdb that he after this movie he or after i guess the second the sequel mm-hmm. uh he didn't act a lot i want to say he had a political talk show when we were kids that sounds right like on msnbc or something because and- i remember flipping through the channels and going or like the TV guide and seeing Charles Grodin and going, it's got to be a different one. It can't be the actor guy. Because I never thought, oh, if you're a political person, you you can also act. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, if you're an actor, you can have like degrees in political science yeah, and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. Not when I was 10. I didn't think that. So um, that's why when you said him uh, for your Nicolas Cage, my reaction was, really? Well, you know what's funny is though I... When we were watching the movie, when he'd show up on screen and he'd do something, I swear I'd hear you, like, kind of huff. And I usually can get a sense of who you're going to pick for your Nicolas Cage because you do this thing with your face where you kind of, like, roll your eyes mm-hmm. whenever somebody you don't like is on screen. I'm sure so, I did it for with the Covney. And that's probably... I was thinking you were doing it for Charles Grodin when you were really doing it for Duchovny. But, Yeah. I guess I can tell you mine. I was just going to ask, who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Sarah Rose Carr for Emily because she was just fucking adorable and delightful. Uh huh. She was like a real breakout for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, every scene she was in was in hilar- was like super hilarious. Yes. And she even had this like deadpan 
comedy quality to her. Like, after she gets saved in the pool, she's just sitting on the steps of the pool. <laughs> and her waves. brother, yeah, her brother and sister look outside and she's just like, <laughs> puts her hand up. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, and it was just so cute. And then one of my other favorite lines that she does is right after we talked about them making him breakfast. And they're like, we made your breakfast, your favorite, scrambled eggs. And she's like, I dropped a part of an eggshell in there. Chew carefully, Dad. <laughs> she was just so fucking adorable. And she then, was. you know, she witnessed Dr. Vartnik uh, beating Beethoven, tells her parents, her parents, well, don't believe her. I will say Alice wanted to believe her, mm-hmm. but uh, George was like, I don't know. And then, you know, Alice was like, maybe we should believe our child who doesn't lie Versus this guy that we met twice. This skeevy doctor who decided to come to the house to For do no a reason. random checkup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I, think she was just a big breakout for me. And I, I did want to give an honorable mention. I almost gave it to Bonnie Hunt. I thought because, that's where you were going. Because she made me crack up too. Like she's got uh, Brad a refill of lemonade. Because they're being assholes to her. Yeah. Like they wouldn't shake her hand at the office. And then she just kind of awkwardly was like, oh okay yeah brushed her hair she got these like all these bad feelings from them and the vet Mm -hmm. but then her husband's like no everything's cool cool i enjoyed a lot of parts of this movie if you want to move on Mm -hmm. to whether this movie held up what do you think i thought there was like we talked about there's some dark dark shit in this movie but i also thought it was a super cute movie decently acted with uh, with the exception of my friend Mr. McCo- uh, Mr. Duchovny. McCovney. Um I did want to mention, and this uh, would go along with our Evolution uh, crossover episode on 88 Miles Per Hour podcast. Ivan Re- Reitman produced this. Yeah. And we made lots of jokes about Ivan Reitman, and then ironically, Mr. Duchovny's in this. Yeah. <laughs> so, good friend of the podcast, Ivan Reitman. Produ- He's not, guys. He's not. He's a, not. We do not know him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a good movie. No, I enjoyed it. I definitely think some of the stuff was super dark, and I blocked it out for a reason, apparently. But I do think it wasn't, to me, overly cheesy. No. Which it could have been. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I really enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Same. And Beethoven was such a good boy. He was. He's a very good boy. Yeah. And... Yeah, they didn't go the cheesy route. The cheesiest scene, I think, is the scene where Beethoven's Beethoven's leash gets wrapped around the patio set. Yeah, it's and, very cartoonish yes. the way it happens. Yeah, and then he drags Brad and Bree down the street. It was very that was as close as it came to being over the top. Yeah, you're definitely watching a kids movie. Yes. Yeah. But I agree. I liked it. All the characters were great. Mm-hmm. No wonder it was a success. Mm-hmm. Spawned a very well done sequel. I'm talking about it and I haven't seen it in like 20 years. I can't wait till we randomly watch it one day. You're like, let's watch Beethoven second. And then we're going to watch it and you're going to go, ooh, this is not a good sequel. How dare you, Ryan? <laughs> How dare you? I was just blown away. There's like a whole Beethoven universe. There is. Probably doesn't need to be. Yeah, five Beethoven movies and three spinoffs. You know what I kind of think? Remember Air Bud? Yeah. And how many of those movies? And then there's now the Buddies movies. That's true. For people like my mom who could just watch puppies. 
to be honest with you, like my heart exploded the first scene where it's just showing baby Beethoven mm-hmm. and then all these other little puppies in the pet store. And I'm like, I just want to have 20,000 puppies. Yeah. I, you mentioned when the lady goes in and it's like, I need a mean dog. And she picks up Beethoven and he's the cutest puppy. And she's like, he looks good and mean. I'm like, how? The, the pet store owner's like, he's a sweetheart. He's a sweet baby. And then he peed on her. Yeah. Like, Yes, sweet baby angel. Sweet baby angel Beethoven. So we both agree. Yes. Holds up. It's a good 90s family flick. As long as you don't mind your family flicks with a little bit of darkness. A little bit of dog assault. Yeah. 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 Great episode. What is our options for next week? That's a great question, Ryan. A great. Thank you. Great question that I don't have the answer to. No, okay. I do. Then next head-to-head competition I was getting really intense because mm-hmm. it's a bracket you know mm-hmm. is airheads mm-hmm. versus the day after tomorrow <laughs> you did it like the more you know <laughs> yeah. i put my hand up put your hand up and like moved it across the sky yeah. who do you think will win i think it will be airheads really okay yeah i filled out my bracket and i'm gonna get on to the website and fill it out like professionally and post it on okay. our social media so everyone can see ryan's bracket and i, I encourage you do to the do same. the same i do have beethoven being and not beethoven i apologize i do have airheads winning winning the whole thing oh winning the whole so basically losing <laughs> the whole thing that's going to be my biggest loser okay so i am taking the day after tomorrow will win this week okay good uh I realized the day after tomorrow's cut off in our in our picture, so I'm gonna have to fix that later. So thanks for listening, guys. As always, don't forget to check out our polls. They'll be on Thursday for Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. and then this week Instagram will be back on Friday. We did a little early because our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to do a podcast on our anniversary, but anyway. Get over to ruiningourchildhood.com, join the Ruiners Club, get that bonus sewed on Back to the Future. That just released. Just released. Just released. Just released. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, bye.